under the microscope today, uh, our focus is on an exhibition uh, that is currently uh, taking place. It is an exhibition that will be running until the 25th of October at the former women's prison in Constitutional Hill, uh, Johannesburg. It's free to the public, open for all, and it's titled Voices and Choices. Now, according to our South African constitution, every single person has a right, uh, as a woman, if you are a woman, you've, you've got a right to choose whether or not to keep uh, your baby. Abortion is a choice that's, that's made by thousands of South African women um, every day. And and yet women and young girls in South Africa are also still stigmatized and are often denied access to, to safe abortion uh, services. So our exhibition, or, the, or rather our guests today, have put together an exhibition that aims to, to combat the stigma and to bring to the fore the real stories and the voices of women and young girls and their experiences. Uh, it is a multimedia exhibition and it's a collaboration of a South African female artist under the curatorship of Mabatu Monso, who joins us now in the studio. Good evening, Mabatu. Hey, Tony, how are you? Awesome, thank you. And Hani Makwakwa, who is an artist. Hello, Hani. Hello, how are you? Good, thank you. How did this um, collaboration actually come, come to life? What is it that made the two of you say, you know what, we want to focus on this particular issue. It's, it's a touchy, touchy issue. Mm. It's a very personal issue. It can often be a very traumatic issue, an emotive issue. What is it that made you ladies decide to say this is something we want to talk about? This is something that needs to be addressed, Mavato. Okay, so I was approached by Global Health Strategies um, to curate the exhibition. So annually they do um, My Body, My Choice, uh, My Body, My Choice campaign around uh, Safe Abortion Day, which I think is on the 28th of September. Um, so in the previous years, they'd, they'd have marches or um, uh, cleanups, you know, and I'd always show up um, to those activations. So, and then in, in just looking at uh, my body of work, um, they approached me to do this exhibition and I said, okay, cool. Um, it sounds like something right up my alley. I've always enjoyed doing work that has some sort of social um, justice element to it. Uh, and then moving from there, you know, it was conceptualizing the idea. How do we, how do we talk about this? How do you curate an exhibition on abortion, right? Um, so it was a lot of research, and then just looking at women from different disciplines within the arts that I felt have always had something to say in the work that they do. Mm. So Honey and I, we've worked together um, on on a couple of film we met on set like on film and tv uh, stuff yes um but in the meetings you know in the creative meetings uh the her approach to things has always been interesting to me because it's got depth uh, it's critical it's got questions and you know she she comes also from a styling wardrobe background she'll speak more for herself but i knew i wanted to create um a textile maze uh, to work with textile in in one way or the other, and I thought, okay, who could create this this maze? Because I wanted, uh, you know, people who visit the exhibition to walk through this maze, so that it it kind of um, represents or emulates it, all the different journeys that people take to make choices, yeah. and that's how, um, yeah, I, I thought of speaking to her. And, and that's what I'm getting from from this that it's really about people and their choices. Yes. It's really about 
a woman's individual experience and how they choose to deal with a particular period in their life or a particular occurrence in their life. Mm-hmm. But honey, when you got the brief uh, from from Mabatu, uh, what was that brief to you and how did you interpret it? So when Mabatu approached me about Voices and Choices, when Mabatu approached me about Voices and Choices, it ha- was a few months after we'd actually incidentally spoken about our individual positions on the rights to abortion. And when this opportunity came up to actually do something that could be impactful, my thinking was a lot around the loneliness of that decision and how much an individual would contemplate their decision and to give the person who walks through that exhibition that experience of contemplation and isolation because no matter how many healthcare workers you speak to, no matter if you have a friend or you don't, if it's a secret or it's not, at the end of the day, the decision is always with you, the person, and you're always the one who has to live with it. So I wanted the person who experiences the exhibition to go through all those um, emotions. Mm. So it's it's not really about the, the end decision, but it's really about the process that one goes through before you make any sort of sort of decision. I mean, does the exhibition take a particular stance, uh, for example? I'd like to think so. Um, when we went into the project, we were deliberately wanting to shake the stigma. Um, that's why I thought it's powerful to have an exhibition about something that's meant to be a secret in the dark or not even meant to, but that is treated that way, something that must happen in secret behind closed doors. Um, and... We wanted to, 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 I wanted to curate it in a way that speaks to destigmatization, to openness, to validating whichever end of the spectrum you're on. Mm. There are people who feel absolutely relieved. For them, it was a quick decision like, woo, that's it, I'm doing it tomorrow, walk out of there, and they're relieved. They're glad they did it. There are people who are uncertain. There are people who are coerced into it. And I wanted um, the exhibition to validate all of those people's feelings. So we've and, got and, and also there's the other group who, you know, if you do it, total shame and total guilt yes. and regret. Yes. You know, that, that is the other end of, of the spectrum. Did you get to actually chat to women who've been through yeah. this experience? Yeah, we did. Um, I, I collected uh, a lot of stories in collaboration with uh, My Body, My Choice. Um, of women who've had those ex- uh, abortion experiences. We've actually written those stories out and they are part of the exhibition. So those stories are interacting with the artworks. And I, I, I do want to insist that the biggest um, hurdle that I've seen is the stigma mm-hmm. as opposed to the emotional sad, because that's what keeps getting depicted. Mm-hmm. But it's not true. <laughs> Research says it's not true that most women who go through abortion are sad or some people go on to live great lives and they're happy they did it. Mm-hmm. Right. So uh, we have to validate those stories as well so that people don't think what's wrong with me? Why am I not sad? No, that's a decision you made. And if you're cool with it, that's cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's what we try to bring across. We share all those stories. And I guess also your your interpretation of that experience will also depend on your background, 
on your, um, you know, what it is, your belief system. And you the know, stigmatization. Because, yeah, because yeah. belief shapes a lot of what people, you know, choose to do willingly or end up doing yes. unwillingly. Yes. You, you know, so that is always the, the backdrop because yeah. none of us are, are born in a vacuum. Yeah. Mm. Uh, you know, we live in a society. We are raised with, um, you know, religious rules, with cultural rules, mm. with societal norms, etc. And And so when you end up having to make choices in your life, those always will end up informing what you choose to do or not do. And mm. also perhaps more importantly, how you feel about yeah. the choices that mm. you make. And to add to that, how you're received. So you may wake up in the morning thinking, okay, this is the thing that I want to do and I'm certain about it. And then you get to the clinic and you turned away over and over again and you're shamed. And that may start to influence you. Um, so it may not be your background per se. It may, it may be how the system receives The environment. You. Yes. Mm. That makes you then start to think, is it a bad thing that I'm doing? Did I make the right decision? Mm. Well, mm. let's talk about the, the exhibition as well and, and just the art and, and the entire process that if one decides to go to Constitutional Hill, what exactly is it uh, that they're going to see? It is exactly 8.51. This is Metro FM Talk. Uh, under the microscope today, Voices and Choices, the exhibition. And our guests are Mabatu Monsu, curator, and Honey Makwakwa, artist. It is exactly 8.53 on Metro FM Talk under the microscope, uh, focusing on an exhibition called Voices and Choices. And we are in the studio with Mabatu Monso as well as Hani uh, Makwakwa. And, and talking uh, just now off air about, you know, people's individual stories and how ultimately it's about being able to be comfortable with the choices that you end up making. Because the only person you really ever have to live with is yourself, mm. y- y- you know. Uh, but but talk to us, honey, about the, the actual exhibition. Like when one comes to Constitutional Hill, what are you going to be encountered with? You're encountered with a space that encourages solace and reflection the stories of different women service providers, um, people who've gone through with the process of getting an abortion, people who chose against it, people who found themselves so stigmatized that they could not actually access legal abortion and had found themselves in backstreet situations. And you find yourself with individual works of art that weave together a very powerful narrative and opportunity for for reflection. Um, and also we feature the service, some service providers themselves and their stories about why it is that they provide the services they provide. And I think currently my favorite part of the exhibition is the interactive part where you, as the visitor to the exhibition, get the opportunity to share your story and make it a part of the exhibition. So you can write your own experience, whether it's just of Mm. this exhibition or of your own uh, abortion. And people have found it to be very healing. You know, we've found some very beautiful reflections in there. And some people have never had another opportunity to speak about it. Nobody else knows, but they anonymously just between themselves and a piece of paper, they can mm. leave that story outside of themselves, unburden themselves mm. in a way. Mavatu, won't you talk to us about, <coughs> you know, because individual stories and women's individual stories are very key yeah. uh, to all of this. Won't you talk to us about some of 
the insights that you've gleaned from this, uh, how women have found themselves in, in different situations mm. that have put them in, 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 in positions where they needed to make the choices like yeah. that? Um, I think what, what I found uh, consistent was also lack of access to sexual and reproductive services and education. Mm. Um, or in some instances when people know what they should be doing, they don't have access to contraceptives, that sort of thing. And there were quite a few stories about people learning about sex. And here you are in a situation, now you're pregnant and you are still just trying to figure out you what don't even know what you're sex doing. thing is. Yeah. And then there are also women who are married um, who felt like, listen, my family is complete. My kids are grown. And here I am, I've just fallen pregnant. I, I, I don't have the resources. I don't have uh, the emotional space, the mental space to raise another kid when I've got one who's getting into university right now. So that's how f- vast the stories are. Um, but I, I do think denial of access to abortion services goes hand in hand with denial of ed- sexual education um, and access to contraceptives and um, counseling before sex. I mean, I can't imagine a youth, a 16-year-old walking into a hospital and saying, listen to a nurse, you know, I'd like to lose my virginity next week. How do I best go about it mm-hmm. without being shamed out of that <laughs> that space? So, so it really is a cycle. It and, and it begins first with, with education. And yeah. It begins first with awareness yeah. so that, you know, women don't necessarily find themselves in a position where they've got to make those really, really tough choices. Mm. 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 So the the... Yeah, the the preventative aspect of it is 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 it's key. almost not a, yeah, it's key and it's and completely stigmatized. Yeah, right that now. aspect is also stigmatized. So it's everything that pertains a woman making decisions about her body is stigmatized. Mm. Getting access to this one story that's just like so shocking, where a girl because of her local clinic couldn't get uh, her birth control tried a clinic you know, the next stop over. And she's so shamed for trying to get, birth you know, control. birth control. Mm. It's like, are, are you, I mean, are you she, working? Because education, it sounds to me, looks like uh, the, the panacea for um, a lot of this, especially for young women and, and, mm. and young people who haven't quite even started with, with, with their mm. families. Mm. Is there some sort of a relationship that you have maybe with the Department of Education along with the Department of Health? Uh, I see uh, no nos, I see <laughs> smiles, I, I see a lot of nonverbal communication. Look, there's, there's the education element of it, and then there's the access to the service element. Mm. For example, you've seen um, illegal abortion adverts everywhere. How many have you seen of safe abortion? How many campaigns have you seen of, uh, from the Department of Health or Department of Education? How many campaigns have you seen that say, hey, girls, come and get your contraceptives here? Mm. This week we are... T- we are you know, giving girls contraceptives. So the language educated. has to change. The focus has to change. The action. There is no will. There is no political will to give women and girls uh, control, rights, power over what they do with their bodies. And they'd rather do a circumcision. They'll do circumcision yes. run in a circumcision mm. campaign. They will not do the same thing for women. Well, maybe that's your next uh, curatorship, <laughs> You know, maybe that's the maybe. next collaboration yeah. uh, that you do because if, mm. you've had, if you've identified that, because I'm sure it's not a, um, a, 
a choice that a lot of women actually want to make. I don't think anybody wants to find themselves in a situation like that. You no. know, not willingly. Nobody calls that upon yeah, themselves. Yeah, it's a medical no. service. Nobody wants to find themselves going through a medical Nobody wants to go nope. to the hospital yeah. to begin with <laughs> to begin for with. any reason, yeah. you know. And no, I think that's an important thing you're saying. The hospital is not a friendly space mm. where you can go for preventative things. Mm. It's, you know, you identify it with, I'm already in trouble, that's where I go. Um, so, I, yeah, I do think there's room for that. And just, you know, there's so many um, act, uh, civil society groups, mm. activists that are doing that work already yeah. of trying to push um, government to make you know those things more accessible to women and so on and so but on. also it's got to be in a language that people understand yeah. and that I they actually want to hear but uh, unfortunately our, right. our, our time's up since it's absolutely going to uh, uh, strangle us <laughs> as, as he wants to start getting into his crooning for the evening uh, but ladies thank you so much uh, for your time yes thank voices you. and choices that is the name of the exhibition and it runs until the 25th of October and it's at the former women's prison in Constitutional Hill Johannesburg and entrance is gratis, gratis, mahala, absolutely free. Thank you so much to both Mabatu and Honey. It is exactly nine o'clock right here on a Metro FM Talk from myself, Tammy, and the talk team. We are signing off for the night, leaving you in the very capable hands of Sintle. Give yourself a splendid evening further. Good night. <laughs>